And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my good friend Ian Hayworth. Always a great time talking to Ian. And we covered a lot. Uh, we, we talked about the anti-communist protests going on right now in Cuba. Uh, we talked about uh, Richard Branson shooting himself up into outer space. <laughs> we talked about uh, Kamala Harris uh, and her claim that uh, rural Americans are too stupid to use a copy machine. Uh, <laughs> And a bunch more. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Ian, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you like the show and want to get involved with what we're doing over here, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Sorry to hear you're a little under the weather. Uh, so, you know, if you, uh, your voice starts a cracking or something, that's why. Just letting the audience know. But uh, feel better, my friend. Thank you. If I pass out mid-podcast, you can just talk for me, I'm sure. There you go. I'll just try out my, my awful, awful British accent. <laughs> <laughs> really don't think the audience wants that. But, uh, yeah, man, obviously where we have to start today... Um, uh, with something positive <laughs> for, for a change. Um, Cubans uh, took to the streets yesterday in 32 cities across the country to protest the evil communist Castro regime that's enslaved them for the last 60-something, uh, 60 60, 62 years, I believe. My math is kind of bad. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, God bless our, our Cuban brothers and sisters. Communism has destroyed the last several generations in that country, and these people deserve to be free. Well, absolutely. And especially if you look at the demographics of sort of Hispanic conservatives, Cuban Americans are, have been vocal on this topic for a very long time. It's not like suddenly people in Cuba woke up and realized communism is, communism is bad. It's been going on for decades where there are a large group of people who have escaped the worst, the worst ideology in the world right now in many ways and are saying quite loudly, hey, communism is bad. And then you still have people I th the meme that I like the most is, you know, that meme of the two children where it's like the black child and the white girl is laughing with a hand over the mouth. Yeah. That's just that meme of just like everyone yes. coming from communism saying, by the way, communism is bad. And the entitled white educated American going, <laughs> good one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you also saw uh, massive marches in Miami last night, too. Um, you know, the, the Cubans in Miami in, in solidarity with with people back in, in the homeland. And yeah, obviously that's great to see. Um, my, let's, let's just say this. It, uh, there was mixed, uh, at best, mixed results <laughs> in the, the reactions from American politicians and journalists. Uh, let, let me start here. I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but there, there's one reason. There's, there's one singular reason why an American politician or journalist would choose not to speak out in solidarity with the Cuban people. 
Ian, want to take a stab at what that one reason would be? <laughs> probably, uh, probably they are communists themselves. Just guessing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'm looking forward to this, honestly. Like, I, I know I sound cynical, but like, it's the same with the the protests in Venezuela a couple years ago, it was 20, 2017. Um, the commies eventually come out of the woodwork, <laughs> and and Cuba is a lot a lot closer to us here in America. Not, I don't mean, I mean obviously geographically, but not just geographically. We have a lot of history. Um, with, with that country, and we have a lot of Cuban-Americans living here. Um, and we're going to find out, man. We're going to find out who's friendly to communism, in short order. Well, I think one we found out, which was, I think we were both just la- <laughs> laughing for hours over the weekend, is the New York Times tweet, <laughs> which was just possibly the funniest but also most telling thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Of just the crowd. I don't know if you have it in front of you, but the crowd shouting freedom and other anti-government slogans. <laughs> I mean, <it's laughs> yes. Anything more pro-communism in a tweet beyond saying, I like communism. It's just an anti, I mean, it's just like the New York Times just coming out in opposition to freedom itself. (laughs) That's hilarious. I mean, like, that's the thing, but I mean, that's probably the truest, most honest thing the New York Times has written in decades. I mean, they're 100% correct. I mean, freedom is diametrically opposed to government. Um, I mean, by definition, right? Um, But you expect to hear that that case being made by libertarians like me, not, not by the corporate press, which just leads me to believe that the New York Times isn't happy with people wanting to be free at all. Well, especially free from what, gov- uh, from what government, because if you're a libertarian, you're anti-government more generally. But people crying for freedom from a tyrannical communist government, that's not anti-government, that's anti-tyranny. And the way that they assume that anti-government and anti-tyranny are the same thing. I think it's even more telling just how funny it is that they just assume freedom and government are polar opposites. Because you can have some government that protects freedom, but certainly not in Cuba. No, no. Um, and that, I don't know. I don't know if uh, that's really happening anywhere. Obviously, that was the, the point of um, the, the the newly established American federal government in the late 1700s. But I don't know. We've uh, we that that ship <laughs> I think has sailed a long time ago. But uh, here here's a, a thought experiment for you, Ian. And I uh, maybe we should bet we we can place a bet on this. Um, which leftist? And I'm talking about elected officials. You know, you know, senator, congressman, somebody like that. Which leftist is going to have the balls to stand on their commie convictions and just come out and defend the Cuban regime? <laughs> you know what I mean? They all want to. You know, Bernie <laughs> Sanders wants to. You know, AOC wants to. You know, all these people want to. Uh, I think today, Monday, the 12th of July, somebody's going to do it. One of these commies is going to do it. They're going to go to bat. They're going to bring up uh, health care. Oh, it's, but why are they complaining? It's almost like a meme, but they're going to say it unironically. They, they have such great health care, <laughs> you know, whatever. I, I think one of them is going to do it. I, if, I had to, if I had to guess, I would, I would guess AOC because she's kind of dumb and she just doesn't like she just doesn't know how to shut up. Like I think, like obviously Bernie wants to. He wants to just swing for the fences in in defense of the Castros. But I think he's, you know, he's smart enough to to word it a little more sneakily. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be AOC. Who do, who do you think? Yeah, I think AOC would probably be the best bet. I could see Bernie Sanders doing it. Not immediately. I think he's the kind of person. He, as you say, he's just a bit more smart about it because he definitely thinks that. Cuba and their government is great because he thought the Soviet Union was great. He'll probably boast about their literacy programs, even though Castro basically killed anyone who wasn't willing to go along with the program he was teaching. It was more of an indoctrination program than anything else. 
or the healthcare uh, lie, which is just, I think, probably one of the most virulent lies regarding Cuba's regime that has really lasted. Everyone, even if you're anti-Cuba, a lot of people think they have great healthcare. No. But then <laughs> some recent reporting has really shown just how laughably untrue that is. I could definitely see AOC being just driven by her bizarre combination of stupidity, but also arrogance. Like she's so sure of her views. I think that's why she would be the most likely because you have to be dumb to think the Cuban regime is good, but you also have to be so sure of yourself to declare it nationally. And I could see her, I don't think that, I don't think she'll overtly say Cuba is good, but I could see her saying something because just look at recent history. She always has a thought on anything that's going on. It's quite, she's nothing but consistent, I would say. I did check right before we started recording, by the way. No member of the squad or Bernie or any of those hard leftists have tweeted anything about about the protests in Cuba yet. So, I mean, I understand why. It's pretty embarrass- embarrassing for them. But, uh, yeah, complete radio they're silence prob- thus far. They're probably just busy Skyping with Hamas. It's Monday morning. They've got to catch up. <laughs> yeah. They'll probably have some time later. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I, I am 100% sure. I don't know if AOC will come out in support of the, the regime, but... There will be op-eds in the Washington Post and the New York Times siding with the Cuban regime. I mean, that will happen today. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that like if it hasn't already, if it isn't happening right now, if it's not being published right now as we speak, it will soon. I guarantee it. And I just, I can't wait. I can't, I, I can't wait to read it. I, I can't wait. And the narrative, the narrative over the last 24 hours by the American press and the Biden administration has been kind of hilarious. It's been, I mean, it's like evil. It's it's evil, but it's like almost hilariously evil. It's like they're they're trying to paint a picture where like the Cuban people are protesting COVID <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's like, come on, come on, guy. It's like that. You have to try harder than that, man. Like if you're gonna if you're trying to defend communism, you can't just throw COVID out there and hope that sticks <laughs> because it's just so clearly divorced from reality. Like it's such a ridiculous claim that these people are like protesting covid or whatever or they want vaccines that's that's what the biden administration is trying to say these people want vaccines that's why they're it's like guys i mean come on there isn't like even their own followers the 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 leftist cult members like they everybody knows that's bs like it's it's almost hilarious that they would try that line i think at this point it says we've talked about this before it's like a test of what they can get away with i think they're so overblown with the fact that the media will let them just say whatever they want that Biden could just look at that and say, oh, yeah, of course, it's COVID. It's like, well, the banners say communism. It's like, no, no, it's COVID. <laughs> it's, like, it's All of it is like your eyes are lying to you. And you have people in the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, they're so ingrained in making Biden look good that I think just for those who are power hungry, which tends to be everyone who seeks out government work, it's like a dream come true for them. Like Biden has made a career of lying quite blatantly and repeatedly about things. Even when he's debunked, he'll tell the same lies over and over. And so this is just a dream for him. Corn pot, man. He was a bad dude. Very bad dude. dude. So, uh, (laughs) so Richard Branson, um, billionaire shot himself in outer space, uh, yesterday. Um, which I don't know, man. Look, I don't. I don't really have much to add on this topic. Just space is cool. Going to outer space is a cool thing to do. And I'll never be mad at rich dudes shooting themselves into space. I mean, one. Just a side note. Before we even jump into this, one of these guys is gonna die. <laughs> I mean, like, I shouldn't laugh because, but I, I do have a bad feeling 
about this, whether it's Richard Branson or Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, like one of these dudes are going to eat it in outer space on national television. Like I can just, I can feel it coming like a freight train, man. Like I just, I don't know, man. Some <laughs> like their own, like who's the, the Greek God that flew too close to the sun. <laughs> like it's like that. Their own hubris is going to kill them in an outer space spaceship accident. I, I just I, every, every time you see one of these things happening, I, that's just what's in the back of my mind. But anyway, so, <laughs> that's just a side note. Pretty cool. Um, I, I could have done without the global warming lecture from from Branson. Pretty sure his space flight burned more gas than my Jeep will in 20 years. But like whatever, you know, private space travel is the future. So I'm here for it. Yeah, I think the the global warming thing is like this layer that has to be added to everything just to pay homage to the the climate change. Just to justify their cool project, (laughs) I guess. Just you have to sort of punch that ticket before you're allowed entry into anything. But I think just I think it's pretty cool. I also think it's amazing that private industry can do this. I think people always scoff the idea that you could have something without government having really any involvement. And now you have three private companies driven by billionaires who are all competing to have space tourism. I think that's pretty amazing time to be alive, just to watch companies do things on their own with really no, no control from the government in many ways. But my favorite part though, is just beating Jeff Bezos to the punch. He was scheduled (laughs) to go into space July 20th. And then Branson just announces that they're going to do it nine days before. I mean, they're just, they're overgrown children with more money than God. And so this is what you do if you have a friend or a, a, an enemy, I guess, who's going to go to space before you. You have to beat him. I think it's just so funny, especially when Jeff Bezos's planet, uh, not planet, um, rocket looks like a dick. I mean, yes. it's just more funny than you can imagine. It's just a guy who's made a giant dick shaped rocket and he <laughs> got beaten by another billionaire to space in a ship that looks way cooler than his. It's just it's like Thunderbirds or something. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, man. And yeah, Branson's ship looked pretty badass. Way better than Bezos's dick ship. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. Bezos kind of looks like a dick. His ship looks like a dick. It's just, I don't know, a lot of phallic um, things over there in that guy's life. But yeah, it is. Like, doesn't, doesn't it seem <laughs> like I, I do love, because I'm not a big Jeff Bezos fan, so I, I do love that Richard Branson moved up his <laughs> space flight just to beat uh, Bezos to outer space, but man, doesn't that seem like something's gonna go wrong with those? Two, if if these two guys competing to do like the most badass stuff in outer space, I feel like man, they're gonna drive each other to certain death. That, that, yeah, doesn't I mean, it feel I, that way to you? I don't know. That, that's what I was thinking watching this. I wouldn't want to be testing out a rocket. I think it's just um, more than happy for other people to do that job. It seems kind of scary, but it worked and uh, quite an amazing experience. But. Yeah, I'm I'm okay being on the ground. I think uh, flying scares the shit out of me enough. I don't think I need to add a rocket to the experience. Oh yeah, I mean I don't even uh, I don't even like getting up on my roof to clean the gutters. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of heights. But yeah, man, these uh, Branson ship looked so cool. I mean, it looked like a fighter from Star Wars. You know, I'm like, man, like the pri- <laughs> the private sector, dude. Like that's just it, it really makes our our space shuttles, the NASA space shuttles, look lame. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like man, you, you gotta gotta love the innovation. It was a cool looking ship. Everything went off without a hitch. So I don't know. God bless them, man. Everybody's safe back on Earth. So God bless them. Uh, one more thing before I let you go, Ian, um, that we just have to mention: Kamala Harris. I'm gonna paraphrase our vice president, <laughs> our 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 wonderful, um, not at all insane vice vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. 
she was trying to make the pitch that we need to federalize all elections, right? That's that's their big pitch from the Biden administration right now. And she attempted to make that case by claiming that rural Americans are just too stupid <laughs> to photocopy their driver's license, <laughs> which is just like, I don't even know. Like, I only watched like a minute. Of, I just watched a clip. I didn't watch the whole interview, so I didn't even get the full context, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> heck of a pitch. Heck of a pitch to voters in Iowa and Michigan and Kentucky. Just great stuff. But it's like, my goodness, man. I, Anytime she opens her mouth, I'm, and I shouldn't be shocked. I know she's a dummy. I know she kind of got into politics by sleeping her way to the top. I understand that Joe Biden picked her because she's black. He came out and told us that. I understand all that, but it's still jarring because, like, she's the vice president, okay? And before that, she was a senator. I mean, the U.S. Senate is the major leagues, right? That's the major leagues of American politics. And to for somebody to achieve the second highest rank in the United States government while being completely devoid of political talent is just, like— jarring to me and it was like when i was watching uh the nba finals the other night and i saw Giannis, this like two-time league mvp the greek freak just air ball a couple of free throws and you're just like what like wh- wh- why like it's it's um, my brain can't process it how is she this bad still she's been in politics her whole life she just sucks at this man oh yeah she's she's terrible but here's the conspiracy part of me coming out a little bit Hit i me. think they want her to suck because every time we're talking about Kamala Harris, we're not talking about Biden and we're not talking about what his administration is doing. I think they almost like the fact that they're giving her all the hardest jobs while making sure that she doesn't actually do anything about them. She's also incompetent, so she couldn't solve any of these problems if she tried. And so a lot of people's anger and valid anger in many ways is pointed towards Kamala Harris. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is just this blithering old supposedly harmless guy who's actually doing a ton of damage and so and they get high behind the oh people don't like her because she they're racist or sexist routine she's just she's obviously awful at at everything she hasn't done a single good thing since coming into office the way they call it the biden harris administration is an absolute joke and that the democratic party rejected her widely during the presidential primaries i don't think she ever even broke two or three percent so she's not popular. She'll never be popular. I just worry that that's almost part of the plan for the Democrats. Like they're putting out this sacrificial lamb of an incompetent human being that no one actually likes just to absorb all the attention so that Joe Biden gets to just sweep under the radar again. Because that's what that's his whole plan. It's just I'm a dead human being. Don't look over here. Oh, look at me. I'm having ice cream. Isn't that sweet? That's his entire pitch. Meanwhile, they're doing drastically radical things and no one's really doing anything to stop them. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and even from Biden personally, I, you know, in the few hours a day that he is sentient. Um, I, it was it always funny to me, man, that um, it was the, the narrative on, on both sides. I mean, it was just like they, that everybody in the country believed after Biden won. It's like, oh, you know, he's this doddering old man, good old Joe Biden, and he's just going to. You know, he finally got to be president. He's wanted to be president forever. And then he's just going to, you know, resign in a couple of years or just not run. And then Harris will be the, the, you know, waiting in the wings and she'll be the leader of the Democratic Party and the next president and all that. It's like, guys, Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden has been obsessed with power his entire yeah. life. Like he has been like since he was probably a teenager, 
the only thing he has ever wanted is to rule over his countrymen. The only thing he has ever wanted since he was a very young man was to be president of the United States. No matter how many people he needs to go through, how many lives he needs to destroy, he'll do anything. He will do anything to achieve power. And he finally got it. And you really think that... Like, here's the thing. And, I, I mean, the Republican politicians, too. Like, to, you have to be a freaking sociopath, dude, <laughs> to, oh, yeah. to, to become president of the United States. I mean, same, everybody. I mean, it's George Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump. I mean, they're, they're mad men. You have to be obsessed with power. You have to be just a shark. And it was just hilarious to me that people on both sides, even conservatives, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Biden won't run again. And are you kidding me? I mean, if he's not dead, if he is alive, he will run again. Like, he's not just going to hand over power to Kamala Harris. Like, he will not. I mean, he will. Somebody needs to beat him at the ballot yeah. box. He will not go willingly. Like, you don't try for 60 years to become president and just give it up. Also, he was very successful at the ballot box. Why would they put like if if he has a heartbeat, they'll run him. Yes. Because he has a chance of winning. That's why they're focusing on January sixth, is because they want whoever runs on the Republican side, they want a Biden versus Trump or what they think Trump is, round two. They're not gonna put Kamala Harris out there because she'll get no votes because even her own party hates her. Like she she dropped out of the primaries before her own state could not vote for her. That's how unpopular she is. So yeah. the fact that she's there, I think, is kind of immaterial. I think if Biden does, for whatever reason, not run in twenty in twenty twenty four, I don't see Kamala Harris running. I honestly don't because I think they know it would be a disaster. I don't know who would run, but I think the plan is just to even if they have to connect him to a machine to just keep him technically alive, that's what they'll do because he's their big hope to have as long as possible in office. Well, she will run. I mean, like, she'll run for president again, 100%. But, no, I mean, I, I, I think you're right that the DNC, the, the, the leadership of the party, don't want her to be the nominee. They know that. I mean, anybody, I think Trump would beat her. I think anybody would beat her. Um, but she'll run. I mean, the same thing with her. I mean, she she's just as much of a, a maniac psychopath as Joe Biden. I mean, she, mm -hmm. dude, she, she was when she was in her late 20s, she's having sex with an old man <laughs> to try to get her start in politics. If she's willing to do that— Trust me, this lady loves power. So, like, she will, she'll do whatever it takes to try to achieve power. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people are waking up to that fact too, where it's like, you know, no, Joe Biden's gonna be the guy. He's gonna be the next nominee, unless he, you know, God forbid, dies, in which I, I don't wish ill on the guy, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was just funny to me, man. Oh, Joe Biden will just give it up willingly and go away. Really? No. <laughs> really? Really? Think any of these guys? Look at Trump. He still thinks he's president of the United States. Like none, of the, like, none of these people want to give up power, you know? Like, it's just it's just not in their nature. I just mean politicians generally, left, right, and center. Um, did, so I, I asked you before we started recording, but neither of us watched any, any of CPAC, um, which I, I didn't even realize CPAC was happening until it started happening. I, for some reason, just completely got by me. I don't know what that says about CPAC. I don't know what it says about the speakers. But um, it, it was interesting to me that— the the lineup at CPAC it was all Trump people. The mm -hmm. former president spoke and, and uh, uh, Trump Jr. spoke and it was a lot of like Trump cabinet members, Ben Carson, a lot of these guys. And I don't know it it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of hype around it. Didn't feel like a lot of people were excited. I agree. I think it's also indicative of this post-Trump era where the Republican Party really isn't sure where Trump falls in because. 
in fairness, he hasn't really said whether he's going to run again. He's kind of flirting with the idea, keeping his options open. But there's a big divide opening up in the GOP and conservatives more generally of what direction are we going? Is DeSantis the guy? Are we going to have another one of those 20 person primaries or is Trump going to run again? He'll likely get the nomination. And so I think with CPAC, you almost had to pick this pro-Trump route because every conservative event now kind of has to have either we're pro-Trump, either we're kind of next generation conservative, maybe we're pro-DeSantis, but I think a lot of this is on Trump of he's kind of playing at this role of pseudo president like that when he announced that he's suing big tech in this. It's just a media stunt. It's a I think it's a real joke lawsuit. But he kind of had this pseudo White House set up with these white columns and flags and everything like he's just playing at being president, which I don't think is a good look. But I also think isn't good for the conservative movement generally, because we can't decide what direction to go in as a group. There's just lots of little factions and everyone's a little bit confused so i think cpac was just kind of indicative of that confusion that conservatism doesn't really have an identity right now it's just a mix of different groups and people are just picking whatever hero they want which is not a good position to be in i don't think yeah and dude i get so much hate anytime i say something like this on the podcast because you know the vast majority of my audience you know really likes donald trump and i I thought he was a pretty good president, too. I voted for him twice. You know, I, I don't regret that at all. Yeah, I, I was a Trump supporter, but, I mean, look, man, if you're talking about the future of the Republican Party and the conservative movement, Donald Trump had every opportunity to fire Fauci. Mm-hmm. And he allowed Anthony Fauci to ruin the world. He, destroy, he, he allowed Anthony Fauci to destroy the U.S. economy and to get his orange butt kicked out of office <laughs> okay yeah. ron DeSantis would have fired fauci in march you know he would trump didn't he didn't have the balls to do it he didn't have the guts he let fauci work him he let fauci play him like a violin DeSantis wouldn't have let that happen a I lot agree. of these a lot of these people wouldn't have let that happen trump let it happen and a lot of a lot of conservatives need to come to grips with this man like you can you can defend Trump all you want. You can talk about irregularities in, in elections and all this stuff. How about the how about Anthony Fauci? What did Trump do about it? Nothing. He whined on Twitter about it. Whining on Ron on Twitter? Just fire the man. My goodness. Think think Ron DeSantis would have been whining on Twitter about his employee? Come on. Come on. That was that was some weak sauce from Donald Trump. Well, that, I think that's the central problem with Donald Trump is I, I, I think he was a great president as well. I obviously have my issues with him, but I'm certainly not anti-Trump like a lot of conservatives are. But with him, it was always ego first, everything else second. Yes. And so he was far more comfortable with sitting while calling himself a fighter, sitting back from the fight and just firing off tweets while not actually doing anything substantive. So the, the biggest problem with me with Trump that I will never forgive him for is the fact that we lost the Senate. Like that is... Trump's biggest failing as a president, I think, is the fact that he couldn't put his own ego aside for a few months. And because of that, we lost the Senate. He encouraged a lot of Republicans of the idea that voting was pointless. And so a lot of Republicans didn't go to the ballot in Georgia. And now we have two Democratic senators in Georgia, one of whom is just insanely radical and will hopefully get overturned soon. But that is Trump's biggest failing is this, I'm a big, I like to fight, but he likes to fight online. He's like a a chat room fighter. And I think the time for that is over. I think we need more than that. And unless Trump is willing to actually start 
putting his money where his mouth is in terms of action. I, I think his time is over and I think it would be better for him. I feel like we're a broken record at this point. Better for him to kind of lend his services to the next person in positive ways only. I don't think we need another Twitter warrior, but we just need to decide whether we're moving on or not because before we know it, the next election is going to be coming up and I, I don't want to be having to fight our way out of Trump's shadow because that will be the strategy from the left. It will be, this is the guy who caused January 6th, which is the worst thing that's ever happened since 9-11. And unless we have a good argument against oh, that, no, the, the Lincoln Project it is says obviously it's, stupid. The Lincoln Project says it's worse than 9-11. <laughs> well, they should probably stick to evading uh, sexual abuse charges from what I've heard, but yep. I've heard enough from the Lincoln Project for now. Yeah, I mean, look, and and I hate to say it, guys, and I'm, so many people can get mad at me, but I mean, the time for fighting was was last spring, man. If Trump was a fight, that was his moment. That was Trump's yep. moment to stand up and fight, stand up and fight tyranny within his own administration, within his own federal government, and he didn't do it. He proved he's not a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and that's and that's just it's sad. I, look, I hate. <clears throat> sorry, I have to be the one to tell you guys this, but, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Can, you know, call me a rhino all you want. It's the truth. You all know I'm right. If he was a fighter, uh, Anthony Fauci would have been unemployed in early March 2020. Uh, but he's still there. <laughs> he is still there collecting whatever 300 grand a year of our taxpayer dollars. So uh, now we need a fighter. We need a and not not a not a keyboard fighter, not a Twitter fighter, a, a real fighter. Um, if we're gonna if we're gonna beat Biden, if we want if we're gonna take back the House and Senate. Uh, and then, obviously, beat Biden in 2024. Ian, my brother, it's always a good time. Uh, where can everybody uh, read your stuff and, and follow you online and, and all that good stuff? Yeah, so you can find me over at The Daily Wire. I write for them every day. So just head over there. You can find my articles. And then I'm on social media. My handle is I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. So I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Find me there. And, yeah, thanks for having me, as always. I hope once I get my podcast set up, you can come back on my show. Absolutely, man. Can't wait to do it. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.